Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We'd like to begin this podcast by honoring the Kitsch, Shumash, and Tongva people, the traditional custodians of the land this podcast is being recorded on, as well as paying our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Salad or Dali, through a great party, we all drank Bacardi, it got kind of gnarly. We're light as a feather, we're tougher than leather. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. Liz Goldwyn is here. In our house. I'm so happy to be back at your house and not at a full moon ceremony. Oh, I mean, although I would love to come back to a full moon ceremony because that's my jam. Yeah. But no, we're easing our way back into because well, Ben. I don't know if we're ever going to get yeah. back into full ben moon ceremony. Ben went so yeah. far in the world of groups. <laughs> Shall I say that? that AKA cult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those cults that we've done the like. You know, we have this aversion to any group thing. Actually, your thing we went to was fantastic. It was like that uh, was last time we. That was yeah. That was pre-pandemic. Yeah. That was my last public talk pre-pandemic. Really. And oh, and cannabis and sex. That's yes. right. With well, Lizzie Jeff and Ashley Monta, but that's not. Culty. No, because you know, I don't have a problem with this is what we would have these discussions. I don't have a problem with being taught something. Yeah. Like I think that's perfectly fine. I just of course have a problem when someone thinks they know the answers, they're better. This You don't group, want to be told it's the only way. Yeah. And everyone Literally. else is lost yeah. unless they know this. And then of course as you go on, those kinds of groups can get make people more and more isolated but if someone knows something and it's like uh, you know i i'm all for being taught because i'm not i don't know everything and you know well none of us do like no i literally in my new book said say and i keep repeating it when i do talks i'm not a guru anyone who tells you that they have it all figured out is full of shit especially yeah. in like los angeles when everybody's like hawking something like promising you like tantric sex every time or like the key to youth and beauty it's all a bunch of bullshit but you sound like that is you're speaking from experience of having been burnt by trusting people a little too no. much maybe no no i think okay. i always had a grain of salt of, okay. about about it yeah and i think we're all human you know, yeah. and we all want faith. We all want to believe in things. And I think everyone, I mean, we were talking before we started that like anyone can be your teacher. Anyone yeah. can be your oh, guide yes. in life. Even someone that like drives you fucking yes, bananas. Absolutely. Like I had a situation actually like just this week with someone who is a, is a very intense friend and very passionate and very jealous with me and like just needs all my attention and extremely sexual. And I'm not, I'm like, for someone who studies sex, writes about sex, I'm like so 1950s house. I know, we have to get into that. <laughs> yeah. But it was like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of patience. It's a lot of patience with this person because I feel like I'm constantly on defense and having to put up boundaries. But then I'm like, how can I soften? What can I learn from them? Yeah. Like from from them being so overtly passionate and sexual. Like I always right. try to look at everything that makes me feel uncomfortable or anyone that makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, you know, as long as it's not in a threatening way, I like to like look at it like a mirror. Yeah. And be like, what is the shit that I have to work on? Yeah. Well, for people who don't know what what you do to me i i do you remember when we first met we met well, i met you both separately separately yeah. I long met, before we were yeah together. i met i think i met i was it in the 90s in new well, york well I, the first time i feel like we really met was at um uh sam and spike's parents thanksgiving Oh, was it? Do you know, Where we was might have that? met before. No, we met before. Had we I, met before? We met before when you were with Claire. Oh, okay. With like in New like York days. Like back in the day. Okay. I, yeah. I don't remember. I barely. I've, I have to I've know blacked where out my their 20s. house. If there's, I don't where know was that house? That was I always stay in New upstate. York. Okay. But that was, I always like to know where people's parents live or where they live. I don't know. Where well, that was the first time I, you know, when you like really like 
tap into someone you're like oh like i appreciate it i was like very small like family style yeah and we were sitting opposite each other but i was with my ex-husband oh you were still together then i was still married yeah but you'd made your documentary I'd already? I'd made pretty yes, things. I'd, I I'd, written an, I'd written my first book. Amazing. Yeah, which was about the last generation of American burlesque queens and the advent of striptease. Nice. So I was already squarely in the you were sexuality in- space. Yeah, so that, <laughs> you, you occupy to me like a very unique place in culture and in discourse that I don't, I don't know of anybody else who's who straddles the, these worlds the same way you do, where you your interest in sexuality, in spirituality, in fashion, um, and just in culture. I think you, you're not you're not what someone would archetypally think of as like a sex educator, which to me is like it's almost like you think of like a hippie. You know what I mean? Well, like, I am a hippie. You are a actually. hippie. I'm but not you, a sex educator, though. Yeah, I I'm a glamorous sex... hippie. I yeah. shave glamorous my hippie. armpits. Right. Yes, yes. I'm also in the glamorous hippie category. I I think of sex educators as the like more new age when I picture. Yeah, that. that me too. But you're you're. I'm also very new age. And oh. your company is sex <laughs> ed. It's called the sex ed. But I, I also like lingerie from Paris. Yes. yes. You know, yeah. I'm a little. I'm a sure. walking dichotomy. You said you don't consider yourself. A sex educator. But well, I'm not like technically a sex educator. Okay, in terms of yeah, like a like a qualification or something. But the mission of starting the sex ed was sexual education. Sex education. Yeah. I think I'm more of like a anthro- sexual anthropologist, yes. right. probably, because my first two books were historical, and you know the Pretty Things, which is 1840 to 1960 burlesque striptease, and then. The last one was Sporting Guide, which is sex work in LA in the 1890s. And then this one is more sex, health, and consciousness, more like a guidebook for today. I've heard you talk about several times about like the formative experience of, was it finding your dad's or your brother's Playboys? My dad's Playboys. And how that, and that is like one of those things that burns itself into your, the way your synapses connect. And is that sort of your, is that, I've perceived that as sort of your origin story of, in a way of becoming who you are. Gosh. So, I mean, I don't know. There was a lot of things. Like both my parents, my mom is super feminist, um, has had, and I write about it in my new book, Sex, Health, and Consciousness. So I'm not like, you know, telling stories out of school, but she had sexual trauma growing up and grew up in a time where people didn't talk about it. And so that made her be very like, fucking flag burning feminist like telling me don't get married until you're 40 never be financially dependent on a man like just had a lot of scars in her heart and 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 trauma around it so she went sort of this um way with her career of like protecting women and my dad on the other hand was like a total playboy charmer Mm. who you know i don't remember a time when i wasn't aware of the girlfriends and mistresses so, like, the fact that they were even together for so long is, like, shocking because they were so different. But I think I was hyper aware from an early age of just how much sex seemed to control all the adults around me. Right. But they wouldn't talk about it. And I think the spiritual side of me, which I didn't necessarily know how to name at that time, felt it as an energy, like a color. Mm. Like, I could look at people. probably more accurate than the word spiritual anyway. Maybe, like, yeah. yeah. And, like, I, I still, I, it's to this day, it's more developed now. But I can look at people and kind of see. So I saw it, like, as a gray smoke kind of with people. And I could see it around the adults around me. And I could you kind of like, see their pain. I could see their, uh, yeah, I could yeah. see how sex, and it still does drive so much of people's decision making. And they don't even realize it. It's like they're being led around by that, their sacral chakra, and it's not really connected, you know, to the rest of their bodies. Mm-hmm. So maybe like obviously with like age and wisdom and a lot of therapy, I can like point to those things. But it was my dad's Playboy, Playboys and my mom taking me to my first pro-choice rally at like nine. And like so having this like super awareness of like the bloody battle for things like reproductive rights and then having – being hyper aware of the male gaze and growing up in a Hollywood family yeah. where I was around a lot of men who were talking about how fuckable someone is and whether or not they'd seen her tits. And like, you mean in terms of like casting someone in a movie, yeah. you know? And so it was really confusing yeah, to have these like feminist ideals, but then also, you know, be like want my dad's attention 
and be very clear about what the male gaze was. Mm. And even my mom would like, we'd have back to school fights because I came out of the womb like wanting corsets and feathers and pink. And she's like, what about this nice like right. rust earth tone? Right. You know, oh and like God, she had a lot of so trouble funny. with the burlesque stuff. She had a lot of trouble <clears throat> with my work for a long time. She thought it was anti-feminist. Is she still around? She's Yeah, she's yeah. still around and she's totally like Seen, come to yeah. accept and understand. But it was interesting because that, when that movie first came out, I did get like ripped to shreds really? by some people for saying that I was setting back the, well, I remember this one person in particular. I stopped ever like reading press after then because I was just so, it really tore me apart. But she said I was setting back the feminist movement in like 50 years. I like, I think it's so exciting now and I'm learning so much from my 21 year old who's so pro all of it i mean she's funny because she we were just talking about she she only likes queer people but she was saying she hates hanging out with cis men she only likes queer to her is like big a bigger it's i got a pass and then I was like, what about, who's the guy from Blue's Clues? Like, he, Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, <laughs> I was like, what about him? He's so cute. He's so adorable. It's either me or the, Steve from Steve Blue's from Clues. Steve from Blue's Clues. We're the only good cis man. <laughs> How can you not like that? Like now all this sort of, I don't know, like um, Julia Fox, whatever. You can wear whatever you want. You could be sexual. And you were like one yeah, of the early. You were early on expressing And that, you can felt, still yeah. be a total feminist. And I mean, I had such an interesting thing that I really want to talk to you about because uh, page six leaked my um, proposal for the book and it made it very salacious sounding. Well, I read it in yeah. page six and I was like, went straight to Amazon to see if there was a <laughs> oh, pre-order. But I, I, good. Yeah. <laughs> and it was sort of like my, my agent, my literary agent was like, oh, are you okay with this? Meanwhile, I was like, did you guys leave this? No. <laughs> um, I don't know. But uh, it was great because then there was like a bidding war for the yeah. book, which was fabulous. But then I had an old mentor of mine who is, we were talking earlier about people who are from another generation. She really, she sent me this mean email and I said, don't worry, you know, and she should know better that this, I said, just, you'll be so proud of my writing. And she was a mentor. She gave me so many books and she's a, she's a sort of socialist, a social, not a socialist, <laughs> she's not a, a socialite. A socialite. <laughs> she's not a socialist. Well, she, she a champagne be, socialist. She might be a champagne socialist, but she, she really like shamed me. Mm. And then I wrote back, don't worry, da, da, da. And then she doubled down and wrote another email. And then I was just like, she was like, you're above this talking about sex and, and people. I was but like, I was like, you don't, I said, you don't, you know, I've just was basically just like, don't email me about this again. It was very untrusting and, of and, your judgment. But it made me very, because the, 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 it made me really feel even more strongly about being a whole woman. Do you know wait, what I mean? Wait, wait. I have it's a story. A, yeah. I have a story like yeah. that that happened felt, at a super pivotal moment. Yeah, in my I just career. made me feel like, like this. No, you're not gonna kind of whatever slut Jamie or whatever. It just well, it's, it's good that you happen. arrived at that point. Yeah, very quickly. I was, but I wrote four thousand sample. Draft drafts of, you know, of the email. I was like, my blood was boiling yeah. all day long. And then finally, and still, I'm rev I'm feeling myself get angry. But yeah, and I also kind of love when people tell me no, or yeah, like, tell, yeah. or I love to like, I love being challenged. Yeah. And I be early in my career, I was already starting the burlesque research and work, and this is like, it, I don't know, it was after 9/11. It was after 9/11, so it was before the book and the movie came out, and I w had a band called Hot Lunch in New York and we were throwing a party and like Gang Gang Dance was playing, The Liars, it was like those days. And- What did you play in the band? You I was a singer-songwriter. Amazing. And it was like very electro clash. Is it up on Spotify or anything? I don't know, I'll I send you listen. some tracks, yeah. it's really funny, it <laughs> makes me laugh. Anyways, I directed this like music video for this song that we had called uh, Syncopation Condensation. And I thought it was like very tame video and we showed it at this party. For some reason, press was at this party. I don't know why. And page six was there. Right. And they wrote, Liz Goldwyn has directed a softcore porn for her band. There was no... There was no softcore porn in this at all. There was like maybe a shot of us in a dressing room like changing clothes. It 
destroyed me. It, and of course, so then the National Enquirer picked up on it, and everyone was like, "See, her grandfather must be rolling over in his grave." Because I hadn't made my own movie at that time, so you know, I was like, definitely had that whatever chip from other people on my shoulder. And I was up at the time for a MacArthur grant, which is a big deal because yeah. I raised all the money for the film um, through grants before I sold it to HBO. And it was like a serious endeavor for me. And so I was up for this grant and a family friend who's like very well respected, who's written a lot of books, who's won a Pulitzer, he told me I lost the grant because of that piece of press. And he said to me, you need to start dressing more buttoned up and stop talking about sex. Wow. He said that to me and I was so mm. hurt and upset because he's someone I'd known since I was like nine. He's won a Pulitzer. And like for me, that was always the thing. The glamorous thing was like being accepted by academia. I really wanted that more than anything else. And it hurt me so much. But I also was like, fuck you. Yeah. I'm going to double down. Yeah. You don't want me to talk about sex and you want me to dress buttoned up? Like watch mm. me. Yeah. Yeah. I That's had, amazing. I had an experience that was... um somewhat similar when I was 19 I played South by Southwest and the review of it said something like oh he's performing like a 19 year old who's getting laid regularly for the first time <laughs> and like he, you know whatever it said something condescending about yeah. basically like I was a 19 getting laid regularly for the first time and the idea of that as a performer that there was something inherently shameful or wrong with performing in that reality, that it was embarrassing. It really did kind of a little bit traumatize me in terms of being open about, I don't even think it's not about talking about sex, but like your sexual energy, just actually having it out there. Um, and I just realized how scared, People are really scared of sex, like really scared of it. And mm -hmm. it's sort of like that is, I think, why part of the reason why we're so fucked up as a society. It's well, like, it yeah. is very powerful. Can I tell one last story? Please. And then we'll go into we the can power tell as many of sex. Yeah. No, but it was, we were, my brother was. I love your stories. Yeah. I'm telling we you, all do. I'm like, Yay. I'm I'm buying like yeah, yeah. multiple copies <laughs> yes. of the book. Well, this is sort of about that that shocking moment when uh, my brother was dating Susanna Hobson. She lived near Westwood and that we were walking past Jerry's Deli or whatever that deli was. And there was an, a, a magazine stand and everyone, we used, you remember when you used to roll in a group, like, like you'd go to breakfast with like a bunch of people all the time. Do you I like that this is like that. a this is a universal experience you're talking about? Well, yeah. I don't know. It was like yes. Adam Horvitz and you yes. know it was, for hipsters in New York and LA. There was know. a period there where everyone went to breakfast period. in large groups. Yeah. Well, and maybe go we through. just did that because there were a band and they had a group, whatever. And everyone's reading Celebrity Sleuth, a magazine that they used to take. Now they do it online, but they would take stills from actors in movies you know and have naked pictures of them and my brother was like they were like oh you're in this because they took a still from a movie and I was like so embarrassed so so embarrassed but it was so sweet because my brother said come on you know let it go I only you know Diane Keaton's in here Diane Keaton's in here <laughs> and they had taken a still from like looking for Mr. Goodbar and I was like right right so they can take anything and it you know like your not soft corn porn thing and you know make it sound whatever salacious but it was really funny i always remember diane keaton i was like okay that's that, ma that makes me feel better but it's also about other people like i, I want to see diane keaton topless where do you see <laughs> well, that I think she, just <laughs> I think looking for it. i want to see a current one though. <laughs> now you can google it but it's so scary when you're you're not in you're not the one controlling it like if you you know, like when Anthony Kita said, can I put a picture of you with your top off? And I could think about it for two days and really talk about it. But if it's like out of nowhere, you know, like. Well, it's consent. It's, yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah, then yeah. it's like really scary. Anyway. Yeah. No, but it yeah. is. Sex is powerful. Sex is powerful. But, and yeah. also like, I think in the last few years, I've really like claimed ownership over who I am as a person is I'm designed to make people uncomfortable and liberate them. And I, I think energetically, I always like felt that growing up because I'm not afraid to talk about sex and death 
is the other thing that people don't want to talk about. Yeah. Which are human experiences, which we're all going to have. Yeah, yeah. And everything is is based in Western culture on like avoiding aging and death, mm-hmm. which is like beautiful things, beautiful transitions we go through in life. And um, yeah. And now I'm just like, well. I just think that's so cool because, you know, when you have a quality, a strong quality that we all have and you notice when you're young or maybe when you're old and, and you, I often like to think like, well, like Ben has got a lot of energy and he's very, you know, powerful in certain ways. And there's a positive side to that. And then there's this side that like might put people off or might actually take you out of your body or whatever. That's so amazing that you're like, I'm going to take this natural thing and kind of, you know, finesse it or whatever you do. I don't know. But your that's process. more of a like a more recent recognition because also like, again, growing up, in the family I did and with other people from the time I was born immediately wanting to put me in a box of like pretty girl on a lawn in like a yeah. fancy Hollywood family. Because that's what they want to Yeah, see that's what they whatever. want to sell as with a Meg, you know, I had a fashion career and stuff. Like, and here I, can I do am that talking too. about it set. It was yeah. really hard because yeah. I was carving a lane for myself that was so different you know, and like living in a, like living in Los Angeles or living in Hollywood. And there was like no one in that community that was, so I always felt like an outsider. Right. Do you feel now encouraged seeing how a lot of the things you were talking about 10 or 15 years ago have become much more normalized and particularly the next generation? Yeah. Even like the way in your book, which I loved. Um, I loved it. Thank you. I, I knew I'd like it, but I liked it way more than I expected to. Like I actually I really, really liked that. it. Um, but I like I liked it. And you know, when you know you'll like something in the way, well, I like this person, so I'm going to like their thing, but then it actually touches you. But even your in the book, you talk about um, not about celibacy, but about being um, part of being sex positive or being accepting of yourself is accepting that there might be periods of not feeling sexual and I, that was one of the first times I do talk I, about celibacy yeah, yeah celibacy and then I've heard that um particularly young people mm-hmm. more on TikTok and stuff like opening to well, these well you ideas. mentioned Julia yeah. Fox oh right yeah. that's right yeah. yes um yeah I think a lot of people are more open I think there's a period where people felt like to be like sexually liberated or sex positive it meant that you have to have multiple partners and you know and there's actually like I would say a bigger percentage of people not having sex at all feeling uncomfortable about sex or than you think um and especially among younger people well you don't want to have I just remember noticing I would have anxiety attacks like if I hooked up or one time in particular, I had such a big anxiety attack after hooking up with somebody that I kind of knew and it was totally fine. But I was like, wow, this is, I'm like not, I didn't want to do that. And it wasn't a terrible experience, but it's its interesting. Like uh, didn't, not taking care of yourself, I feel. Yeah, just emotionally yeah. or whatever, just not feeling like in the mood even. It wasn't even like a huge deal, but... Um, yeah. And so like yeah. not having intentionality behind I guess so, yeah. the sex, which is what... I was noticing as a kid was how sex was ruling people to make these unconscious. They're not conscious of it. And now I think just becoming more conscious of anything. The way I think we take for granted to be conscious about like what you eat, the media you intake, you know, whatever else you're doing in your lifestyle holistically. But we, sex is like siloed. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think it's kind of interesting once you start to just understand your intentions behind things. I was reading this because I love a rock star bio and I yeah. love a groupie bio. I was reading this book yesterday called The Last Slut. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm blanking on the author's name right, right now. Right name. Roxanne. Uh, yeah, okay. I bought her for the title. Yeah. And um, she was born in Iran and like raised in a traditional um, you know, conservative Muslim family. And I wasn't reading it in order. So to be honest, I was like skipping ahead for the, ju- it's so juicy. Ooh. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, this is a straight porn. But she's like, it was really interesting reading it because she's obviously like, you know, has had pain and experienced things, but she's talking about these sexual experiences and she's talking about these men and the positions she's putting in herself in. And I'm like, 
oh, she just really wants to be loved and accepted and validated. And she's saying things about these like really ridiculous heavy metal stars like, oh, I was worried that I hurt or offended him and that's why he didn't like email me back. I'm like, no, he's just a shitty fucking dude who's like on to the next. But you could feel through the writing like, you know, and a lot of times when people come, because obviously I get questions about sex all day long, that's the stuff I, I see the layers underneath it of what people aren't conscious of and I just want to help people become more conscious of it so they can have better sex that makes them feel like better about themselves the way they would with uh, you know I'm drinking my fucking matcha with adaptogenic mushrooms in it premium experiences (laughs) do you still find um, you talk to people who engage in things that would be considered edge experiences in our mm-hmm. culture do you still find yourself you have the ability to be shocked by things no no nothing there's nothing anyone could tell you that you'd be like no That's i don't like weird. to hear <laughs> things yeah. i mean i have friends who are therapists who like specifically work with like pedophiles and okay. like necrophilia and that i don't think i could even handle that yeah. Um, and also I'm really careful about what I consume. Like I don't watch any media that has like sexual assault in yeah, it, yeah. period. I really don't watch anything violent. Um, I just can't handle it. Yeah. I'm too sensitive. And I have to have a lot of boundaries for being able to do the work I do. But in terms of fetishes, like, I mean, if you go on, like everybody, anybody who thinks that they're the only person who like likes a pie in the face or wears adult diapers or whatever it is, I can guarantee you I've heard from like a hundred other people who have that fetish. I know. I love that. um, A pie in the face? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I was going to say. I guess savage love and you and I don't know. It's so important. It's really important. Because it's when it's heart, when it's about like taking care of yourself as the center of it it's so good yeah there's there's a podcaster sort of media personality in australia called abby chatfield who's become quite successful there and she's very open about her sexual journey and discover and you can just see it's particularly for younger women just giving them permission because she's speaking honestly People are feeling really empowered by that. But it is a small group. You're in a very small group of something so important. I guess to other people, it's so niche, but it is like a much bigger group than you'd think. And also a lot of the people that I'm in community with have like way better, bigger reaches than like movie stars. For example, adult stars. There's adult stars that I'm friends with like personally and professionally, and they just have... Like if I do a podcast with adult star or like just their their analytics is yeah. like exponentially yeah, yeah, higher. Yeah. You know, I always thought that like if a politician really wanted to win, they would do advertising with Pornhub. Yeah. Just because That's the right. numbers like I directed a campaign about consent and digital safety last year for Pornhub. Oh, yeah. That's I, so I interesting. Yeah. yeah. And like it was really interesting because The Hollywood Reporter did, I thought, because I don't normally read press. It was really good because it was an interview. And so it was my own words. And he asked me very insightful questions and about that. And in The Hollywood Reporter, which guarantee has not talked about porn in a, you know, objective or nuanced way before. And it was super interesting because I got a lot of emails around the same time from people who are like very prominent Hollywood people and the timing of it was interesting around this campaign because none of them mentioned specifically that they had either seen the videos or read it, but like clearly they had. Mm. And it's always interesting to me, like when I look at like, you know, how on Instagram you see who follows, like just like certain of my guy friends who I'm like, oh, they follow every single porn star I'm friends with. <laughs> <laughs> they would never publicly, like a lot of people won't publicly claim that or won't publicly align with people that they feel are too edgy. Right. Yeah. Right, you know right. what yeah, I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just that diplomacy. But at the same time, all the like YouTube, all the like YouTuber influencers, they all want to get those girls on their platforms and their podcasts because they know that they get way better numbers. Um, Nina Hartley, who's yeah, like on the yeah. older end of things, I, she wrote a great book, Nina Hartley's Total Guide to Sex. She's incredible. I've done a talk with her at the Hammer Museum 
and also a podcast with her. She, also yeah. Akira, yeah. who is amazing. Um, she's brilliant. Um, my friend who goes by Riley Reed is her stage name, is like a, an incredible entrepreneur. Mm. And one of the most searched people on Pornhub with over a billion views. And then like young up and coming, my friend Emily Willis is super popular. And after I directed her in that Pornhub um, series and then she kind of became like super radicalized after that. It was really cute. In which direction? <laughs> oh, like, well, we... ISIS. She no, no, no. Like, like radical yeah. feminist yeah, yeah. and yeah. was like, would like text me and be like, oh my God, I just listened to da 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 and then I was looking on the internet and did you know there were dildos in the 16th century? And I'm like, yep. Where? And then um, we ended up doing a whole campaign together around Roe v. Wade. Uh, like a viral campaign oh, yeah, that we got all these porn stars to participate in because I'm really convinced in the power of the analytics of mm. that market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. you can get, and I think what's interesting about that market is that it's it's bipartisan. Mm. So you have people with very different political views because definitely because of my alignment with like that world, I and because I am so like openly uh, open about my political you know, and social justice affiliations, I'll totally get hate. And the hate will go higher if I do something, if like an adult star like posts me or something, I'll get a lot of like, you know, you like woke feminist bitch, like Trump forever or whatever. <laughs> but, Joy, yeah. <laughs> but it's a way to reach people. Cause I think a lot of people in like in Hollywood or like the liberal media, they're like speaking within a very small bubble. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like right. to me, that's not interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. when you did the that's thing smart. with Pornhub, did you have because I know there's uh conversations about, you know, all the, the amateur stuff on there and is it is there always consent and age and all that mm. stuff? Like, did you have any ethical things you needed to find out or deal with in order to enter that partnership? That's actually what the videos are about. Okay, they're all about consent and safety and way and how like people can, should use the platform and how they can report things and what's okay and what's not okay, including hate speech. Yeah, they're actually. Um, the National Center for Child Exploitation and Safety has published, you know, they published reports every year about instances of exploitation online. And Meta, which owns Facebook and Instagram, has like in the millions of incidences, whereas Pornhub has like 14,000. Interesting. It's just that they ha actually have way better controls. And there are certain things that I don't know if I'm allowed to like say publicly yet that they shared with me with certain like AI technology that they're already like using in Europe that directly addresses people that are typing in certain keywords. That, that's yeah, amazing because cool. like I had on TikTok, uh, I did a video where I talked about making my first record at 15 in Chicago and I used the phrase, ah, uh, oh, you know, my parents were so great and so supportive. They basically allowed this producer to kidnap me and take me to Chicago to make a record at 15. And the algorithm caught it, the AI. They caught the word kidnap me at 15 mm -hmm. and it, uh, Shut it blocked down. the video. Yeah. And I thought that was, you know, collateral damage. But the idea that they've got the technology to look for these key things that are going to be potentially troublesome is amazing. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I mean, so going back to this thing of like us being shamed by an older generation, by people who are uncomfortable. Um, you know, when my mom, my mom was uncomfortable because she came from a different generation and that generation was like very, and people still are like very anti-porn. You can't, it's not going to go away. No. It's the oldest profession. So we need to learn how to engage with it and have porn literacy. And so I would be in my space, it would be silly for me to not work with a platform like that to yeah. do some kind of good because then there'll be a conversion rate of those people coming and checking out what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was in front of the camera on one of those videos, fully dressed. But I definitely I thought a lot about it. And mm. I have really good lawyers. So they like they only have the videos with my face for like a year. You know, it was very specific about what was on the platform. But I felt that 
it was too good of an opportunity to like talk about this stuff. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, Australia is so different because it's legal to be a sex worker mm -hmm. and it's something people, we have friends that just, you know, to make a little more money and it's very, they feel very safe and they have the choice and I don't know, it's just sort of like. There's a less puritanical thing. It's a little, the Australia, Australia's got a bit more of that European mm -hmm. attitude to Taking sex and care drugs. of yeah. yeah no one benefit like a platform like Pornhub they don't actually make porn and they don't make their money from that right, right. they make it from selling ads right. it's the right. same exact yeah, thing as right. Google right. or or Meta it's the same premise is all targeted ads yeah you know so it doesn't really behoove them to have content that's illegal on the platform yeah I find the ads on those kind of sites just why are they all sex companies advertising on like 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 why, why? doesn't I why doesn't no no but why doesn't toyota put an ad before but that's what i'm saying yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. i think i think that they're, they're always like grow your cock do you need to fuck someone yeah. now like it's all it's you so know that weird. i don't watch porn actually you I don't the never cute, did or you well, watched i I mean, I saw, obviously, I have four brothers, so, yeah. like, I saw porn unwittingly right. when I was younger, um, and not, like, a very heteronormative vanilla porn either. It was, it was called The Little People. Um, yeah, it was really... I, I probably should go to therapy. <laughs> That's so funny. It reminds me of the first when I found my a penthouse my stepfather had, and I my mom said, "You did you find Billy's penthouse? She was worried... She said, did you read the forum section? And I was like, forum section? No, you know, I didn't. I was like, that no. was my favorite. But that then, was way better. No, but yeah. I didn't know what this was. Like, she alerted me. I just I'm looked a at the literary person. <laughs> but but then I went right. So I read, and the first story was all about um, Santa and dwarves and stuff. And I yeah. was like, and elves? then there was elves one, or dwarves? Elves, sorry. Yeah. yeah. I don't watch porn mostly because. I'm kind of inundated it with it yeah, with yeah. my work. I'm not on Twitter anymore simply because like I forgot my password. So hopefully no one's hacked my There's account. There's a little button but you can Twitter, push forgot password and they send I you an know, email. I know, but I just can't be bothered. <laughs> um, but my Twitter feed is like full porn uh. because I sp I'm friends with a lot of porn stars and Twitter is like insane. Mm. So I, I'm just like, whoa, it's eight o'clock in the morning and there's like, it's Someone I know getting gangbang. This is horrible. The funny thing to me is that people outside of that business or even therapists, like Nina Hartley, I remember her telling me that it was really hard at a certain point to find like a kink sex positive therapist because every therapist that like she or her friends would go to would be like, what happened in your childhood? Why are you like this? Right. You know, to say like immediately you must be deviant. Right. When I found some of the people I know who are, you know, really squarely in that world of like sex work or adult SARS are just so much more generous and intelligent in some ways and, and open-minded and don't make me feel ashamed for being like who I am and being a little more square. The, you can't, I just don't think you can boil all things down like kinks and desires and all the, and fears down to trauma because we all have trauma. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, and but I do think to your point about, um, I I took a boyfriend at the time to the Avian convention and awards in Vegas, which is like the Oscars of porn. Oh. He was horrified. It was so upsetting for him. He never watched any porn, and I'm in there like as a fan, as you said, like, right. oh my god, Bella Donna, I love your red carpet style. <laughs> like, I was just like. What's your top selling dildo? And like, what's the market share for this? Like, just super like nerdy research with like glasses on <laughs> and like a cardigan and fully covered up. And he was like, this is terrible. I can just feel all the angst and the trauma in it. And I was like, it's a fucking trade show and the business is sex. So, like, yeah, I can feel spiritually like, um, Pornhub actually wanted me first to shoot on like a set that was a porn set before we got all Hollywood with my producers and got a soundstage. And I was like, I can't shoot here. Yeah. Just because the vibes were so intense. Yeah. And so my spiritual side can feel that and can feel some of those things, but I can still not reduce it all to, to trauma is just maybe like triggering for me. Um, and I have to say like just hearing people's trauma because it is what people don't come and tell me that they're having great sex. Yeah. They are usually telling me things that are really dark 
that often they've never shared with anyone else. When you say people, you mean just when you're public speaking, people like DMs, emails to the site, just people random. Who are moved by even your work oh, got it. But it like since I was a kid, it was weird because I'd go to the dentist's office and someone would say like a, a, a technician would pull me aside and say like. I think after Pretty Things, it started happening because um, HBO played that like all the time for, for a while, for years. She said, oh, my sister just died and I was going through her stuff and I found this box under her bed and there was these purple handcuffs and now I know, don't know what to think about her. Like it would just happen all the time to me, like in my personal life too. So generally it's not people sharing like the positive stuff. And often it's like if I do public talks and stuff or book signings, like the second – I finish, someone will come right up and, and be like, start a sentence with like, well, I was raped or... Right, right, right. And it takes... And I want to be able to hold space for people with that. But like, mm. it's it requires a lot of um, tenderness. Yeah. And like, I'm grateful that people feel, you know, open. But I think that, that like, people have a misconception that it's all like so fun, right. you know, to yeah. be in this space. When I was little, I loved... Gypsy Rose Lee. I wanted, I remember trying to get my brother, thankfully they didn't, to come down into our, we had a basement in our craftsman house in Hollywood. And I was, I had, I had these sort of burlesque outfits, but they were very cute. They weren't, and I wanted to do a striptease for them, but as a performance. And he yeah. was like, no. And thankfully, because that would have been weird. But I, I love, love that story. But like all, like a lot of little girls love that kind of thing. And I wonder why. I mean, I loved princess things and fairies and all of that too. And, um, but I really, really loved, yeah, all of this, you know, like I think Gypsy, you know, the musical, maybe that was the thing, or just all the Hollywood musicals. They often had, you know, the women dancing in those kinds of outfits. And what do you think that is for little girls? Like, I just... I mean, it's the same thing as the... Uh, there's about the Disney myth. Right. You know, I think we all... It's, like, important to look all that at all that stuff now and even, like, having children with a critical lens. Because right. a lot of it is teaching. I think the biggest issue with that kind of stuff that a lot of us have had to, like, work through as women is this idea about love... Yeah. Kind of being a fairy tale and that like one day your prince will come and then it's kiss and you're happily ever after where we all know that like that's when the work starts I right. have fantasies about yeah. this about the music industry <laughs> I'm still waiting for someone to come in on a white horse exactly. and be like I'm yeah. gonna build your career for you yeah. <laughs> everything's gonna be perfect and like the princess thing's super like a really interesting thing to deconstruct as is like how much of that stuff of us wanting to you know do the striptease or, or is coming from like the Hollywood fantasy that we yeah, were sold yeah, yeah. and how much of it is an innate. And I feel oh like for God. me now, the work with my sexuality that I'm unpacking is like, what's really my own? Yeah. Like actually what's my own and what did I absorb at a young age? Yeah. From like, you know, what my dad was into or what people around me were into. Or do you think like, it is your own though I wonder I mean this is a nature nurture but that's what's so exciting about sex is that we can figure that out yes like like just like like as if it's an art form yeah it's a playground to explore these questions yeah Yeah, that you could kind of like well I love to say that in my 60s like I might be in a throuple who knows you know like I might identify as like a pretty heteronormative person right now but I don't want to like create those kinds of limitations and I also think in like partnerships, it's really important to just keep an open dialogue because that's when like I, I don't have I don't like cheating in affairs. I think yeah. also because I grew up in a house where that was the yeah, norm. I don't like. That. I think like you should be able to feel safe and yeah. free with the person that you love and trust and are intimate with to be honest about things, even if it might make you uncomfortable or the other person uncomfortable. At least you could talk about it. Well, I think sex becomes like a lot of areas in our life that we start to have more and more assumptions about it, Mm -hmm. about what works and what doesn't and who we are and what we do and what we don't do. And before you know it, you can become an older person who's got a very locked in sense of identity. And it's the same as what we eat or the, you know, the types of friends we have, like just staying um, fluid. I don't mean in a gender sense, but just fluid in terms of our experiences as we get older is like, 
So crucial. Well, it's that childlike nature mm. that went of like play and exploration. Mm. And I feel like, I don't know, but for me, I approach all areas of my life like that. Like That's I'm so very cool. like willing to try something completely new or like I don't have a particular click. I very, I like scat, feel stifled in like any sort of box or with any sort of label of like even, you know, I guess maybe I'll call myself an artist at this point. It feels like that might kind of fit, but yeah. um, I like to think I could join the circus. Yeah. And then that's when we get like boring. Totally. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that's yeah. a lot of a lot of what we're interested in and what we're sort of doing with this with Weirder Together is just that the the values that we know are sort of inherent and stable are creativity, community, and feeling free to be different. In, mm-hmm. And you know, and and within that, there's all kinds of possibilities for collaboration and experiences and celebration. And it's fun to because it's funny, we do kind of need containers often, and it's it's nice to build containers that allow for evolution and change. And, totally. You know. I mean, in the, I'm surfing now. Yeah. Oh, nice. I, like, I'm doing this sport, like, later in life that I fucking love and Amazing. makes me feel like it dropped into my soul. And you can fully, like, you've got And I used to it. be the, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. real, I, like, just designed my second board. I don't want to say yeah. I'm good. I'm still learning, but, no, like... But- I've designed. I saw you having a little surf own. with Jonah Hill at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm actually friends with a lot of pro surfers, uh-huh. but I grew up with like pro skaters, mm. like very much in that world. And so I you was, recognize the feeling of uh, it's a different yeah. thing, but I just love the sport. I love yeah. the sport. And I love the feeling of connecting with the ocean sure. and not being in control. Yes. You know, and like with sex, yeah. it's so much. Sometimes we get really in our heads. Mm-hmm. And I love this thing that makes me feel fully in my body. Yeah. Where like you can't really get in your head because you're dealing with nature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. But that's like an example of something that I try. Like, you yeah, know, yeah. That I was like, you know, I know a risk that I tried. And then I was like, oh, that's so good. That's great. And the Sex Ed podcast is just great. Thank you. People should subscribe. Do, are you still doing I, more of them? Is it you taking I'm working on a new little audio mm-hmm. project right now. Okay. Um but yeah, I took a break to write the book. Yeah. And we've done a few we've done a number of episodes that were more like meditations actually. Like orgasmic breath meditation, guided meditation, short ones, sexy body scan, sound bowl one. So kind of like moving a bit more in that direction. Experiential. That's nice. Yeah. Um, and things like I like practical things for people. Mm. But I am telling you, I when I saw the page six oh, item, good. I was just so excited because I have a whole section like um and like the more fucked, not that yours is going to be fucked up, but like the more fucked up, the better. Like Papa John about John Phillips. That's oh. a dark oh, one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which? John Phillips. Oh, wait, John wrote his own called yeah, Papa John. Yeah, it's okay. insane. But is he honest in it? Because there's a lot I of I mean, he talks stuff, about right? like having syringes coming up from the neighbor's sewage. Ooh. Like it does not paint a good picture while his wife is pregnant. Um, that one is really good. I mean, I have a whole... Oh, the Rick James. I haven't read that. It's so good. Glow. I didn't know that he was like palling around with Neil Young and all them back in the day. He was like trying to be a folk singer actually until he pivoted. Oh, yeah. He was in a... There was a band. He had a band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, He he was actually, I think, played with Neil at one point. So I just like love that genre. And I've read a little bit about... I mean, I knew who you were before we met. Because when I was really little, my dad was friends with Israel Horowitz. Oh. And I had like a, such a big crush on Adam Horowitz. He was older than me. And then obviously I loved you in the movies. Um, so I followed, you know, what you were doing. And then reading about you from the male gaze was like really kind of shocking for me. Because by that time oh, right. I knew you. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and so it was like. So wait, hold on. So, so what, the, what is that specifically? Like you're talking about scar, Anthony yeah, yeah, like reading memoir. scar yeah, tissue yeah. and like reading about you in that book was, you know, like took me aback a bit because I had my own. I don't know. I I wanted to hear your voice and your take on this time because I'm like I'm I'm curious and like it's a you have an interesting lens on on this world and often like women aren't given the chance yeah, yeah, yeah. to tell their stories. They're more of like the objects. So when I saw that you were writing a book, I was like, oh my God, yeah. I'm so excited to 
like hear all the salacious details. Yeah, I know that's so funny that it gets reduced to kind of, I don't even remember what he said. There was something that was so kind of often. Well, he described, he, he, he used a phrase. I forget exactly what it is, but it's something like, and Ioni was a little too sexual, some kind of phrase that I was know, almost like so for a 16 year old girl a little like, who barely knows, you barely yeah. know your sexuality at 16. It was a very, like you said, male gaze oriented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that was a very funny, I, I did not view, I, I, yeah. So my, I, I definitely am gonna talk about that. That uh, was sort of what started us talking about maybe I'm ready to write a memoir was kind of, after these, after the, I keep forgetting the name of the podcast. Celebrity Memoir Book Club. Yeah, so. after the Celebrity Memoir Book Club, when they were like, they had so many questions, like what was what was going on for her and her mom and all of this. Would you ever write a personal you memoir? Know, I was just thinking about it. Yeah. I might. I wasn't. You've I've got never some thought, stories. I've got some stories. Yeah. I think it would like definitely piss a lot of people off. But actually, even just on this book tour, I started getting more comfortable talking about like family stuff. I just did a talk with my brother Tony an actor and director in New York at 92nd Street Y and he was interviewing me and he asked this question which was interesting because it's something we'd never like spoken about 101 but I wrote about it in my book and he said like growing you write about growing up in a family of alpha males in Hollywood and how did that make you feel and I started telling the audience about the experience of being in rooms of men talking about how fuckable someone was and whether yeah, we'd yeah. seen a chance. And that's something he and I have never talked about and I've mm. always been afraid to even bring up because I still have all these brothers. Three of my brothers are successful in Hollywood and I always had a feeling growing up of like, you be quiet. You yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. Like, you don't rock the boat. You don't rock the system. And again, I'm designed to liberate people, make yeah. people uncomfortable and yeah, liberate yeah, yeah. them. So I was always like that. And I always was kind of told to yeah. shut my mouth. Yeah. And I think honestly, only in like the last five years have I gotten more comfortable to the place where I could even consider, mm. you know, writing a book like that. I feel pretty comfortable doing that for some reason. But um, yeah, so yeah, I'm excited. I'll be hosting a book party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what, so you've just finished, you've now sort of done the whole cycle of promo for this book. Yeah, it's coming out in Spanish oh, in awesome. June nice. and then in other territories shortly thereafter. So that's exciting. Like it has its own life and it's really cool to like just see the audience grow and, and get feedback from that. Yeah. Well, I've found it just personally yeah i just wanted to thank you for being courageous and doing your experimental journey which we're all <laughs> on because it's it does give especially people you know it gives you it gives them courage and go well if like i think with what we're doing with weirder together like it's not dissimilar to what you built with sex ed like build, building a container for different types of experiences and that has that inspired me so Aww, um thank you. so i just think you're one of those people I think about as being um, courageous and willing to risk disapproval and all of that. And it's very, yeah, it's very heartening. Well, life's short. Yeah. yeah. So the book it's... is called Sex, Health and Consciousness. You can get it wherever you buy books or you can listen to it on audio because I read it. Um, and you can follow the sex ed, the sex ed.com, or the sex ed anywhere you stream podcasts on Instagram, the sex ed. And I'm Goldie Locks G. Oh, I thanks, love Liz. that. Thank, Thank you. you. I love that. That Yay. was really good. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.